ELC Radio. Indomitable City, Indomitable Team, Indomitable Church, Saturday, June 1st, 8 p.m., Papa Murphy's Park at Cal Expo. Get ready. San Antonio FC versus our Sacramento Republic FC. Elevate Life Church. Are you ready? Love God. Lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's our very special guest. From Abundant Living Faith Center in El Paso, Texas, Pastor Cruz Ramirez. Let's all stand on our feet, and without any further ado, give it up for Pastor Cruz Ramirez. Amen. You love Jesus today? You love Jesus today? Do you know that he's here now? Amen. You want to know how I know Jesus loves you? He gave you Pastor Sergio and Tino. That's how I know Jesus loves me, that he gave them to me and my family. And uh, really? <laughs> um, but these aren't, these aren't, these, this is an emotion. This is, this is the presence of God. And hell doesn't want this to win. But the gates of hell will not prevail. And on this rock, I'll build my church. And you're the wise man that has built this house on the rock. And the winds came. And the storm blew. But the house of the wise man and woman stood. And here's what I appreciate about you. That even in, even in against the wind seasons, your wisdom still shines. Can we take a moment to pray for our pastors? Just raise your hands towards heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that your word says that you've given us pastors that are representative of your heart towards us and that they have hearts that look like your heart for us. Lord, you know the heart that this man and woman and that their family has for our church. Lord, literally for every man, woman, and child, they think of every detail. They think of every pressure of every, every life, God. And so now I just pray, Father, together as a church family, we pray. We pray strength. We pray rest. Lord, we pray. Your word says this in the book of Psalms. Father, that. The word that they heard during the day in moments of clarity is confirmed and affirmed by their rest at night. And so now, Father, we call on divine rest. Lord, they've yoked, they've yoked together and they've yoked up with you on the calling, the purpose, the direction, and the destiny of Elevate Life Church and the Elevate Life Church family. And so now, Father, I thank you that your yoke is easy and that the burden is light. And it's not about the yoke, Father. It's not about the yoke that you put on us, but the thing that weighs us down is easy for you. (laughs) You carry us lightly. And so now, Father, I declare that your hand of protection, of provision, of health, of vitality, 
vigor, invigoration. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that every day moving forward, the sun shines brighter. Lord, I declare a clarity in their thinking. Lord, everything that was a barrier now, Lord, that it's removed by the power of your Holy Spirit. You're a way maker. And Lord, I thank you that according to Isaiah 43, we don't look at how you did it before. But you're telling us to be alert now for you doing a new thing. And so I thank you that you're straightening crooked places, that you're smoothing out rough places, that water is bursting in the desert. And Father, I thank you for this church, that your hand is on it. We pray for their children, God. For Sergio, Selena, for Diego, that your protection, your provision, Lord, that your hand is on them, that your favor is on them. And we're not going to apologize that our pastor's kids are favored. We're not going to apologize for that because they carry the anointing too. And so we just call your spirit on them. Lord, I thank you that you're accelerating now. Now raise your hands towards heaven. Father, as, as the heart and soul of this church, as members of this family, as we raise our hands towards heaven, Father, we commit, we commit to support, to love, to pray for. Lord, this is, this is a Hebrews 13 moment. Lord, I, I, this is a Hebrews 13 moment, moment, Lord. I thank you. I got to push pause. Put your hands down. I don't want you to get, like, stuck. Open up your eyes. I, I need, I, Pastor Sergio, you said I could just, okay. I just need, I need to pastor you for a second. Um, I'm praying out of, I'm, I'm preaching out of Hebrews 13 today, okay. But the scripture that comes after what I'm going to preach today literally says this. It says, be a joy to lead. Make it a joy for your pastors to be your pastors. They didn't tell me to say this. I promise you not, okay? But watch. I'm a third-generation pastor. I'm not bragging about that. That's a weird flex, I know. But, like, (laughs) what I'm saying is I know the pressure that comes with being in this and living in in, in a family like this and watching my parents, like, not sleep at night and have stomach aches and bug out, Right? But in a moment, that's why I push pause on, on, on the prayer because I only want, I, I want to pray, but I'm going to pray for the people who are committed to say, I'm going to make it a joy for my pastors to lead me. I'm not going to be a burden on them. I'm, I'm not going to weigh them down. I'm going to lift them up. Because here's what the Bible says. Because the, the Bible says, Paul, or the, the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, because at the end of the day, their job is to give account for you. Like, God's asking them about your life. And this is a season, as much as they've carried us and poured into us, because if, if we had time, I could pass the mic, and everyone would have a story about how Pastor Sergio and Tina touched their life. Every single one of us in this room. And if it's your first time here, this is a great church. This, this should be your church. Okay? Now, Listen, so I want to pray for those of us who are going to say, I'm going to make it a joy. Watch this. Because as I submit to them, watch, and I become a joy to them, my submission to them is not like hero worship. My submission to them is a submission to the Lord. Right? Watch. And so as I bring them joy because I'm doing things God's way, the Bible says that's, that's a joy that comes from the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 says that the joy of the Lord is my strength, is their strength. So as I become part of their joy, the joy that flows from my making them easy to lead me becomes their strength. Right? And so I want to be a giver, not a taker. I want to be a contributor, not a consumer. Right? I want to be a joy. Not a burden. Amen? So if you're here today and, you, and you're like, Cruz, I'm with it. I'm about it, homie. Let's pray. Then raise your hands towards heaven. And we're going to pray for ourselves. 
okay? Man, I'm so proud of you, church. Look at all this. Come on, let's pray. Watch. Eyes are closed. I'm going to pray over you corporately, but I need you to make commitments to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit and make commitments in your heart and in your spirit that I'm going to make it a joy for my pastors to lead me, for my pastors to have vision, for my pastors to dream. I'm going to make it a joy for them. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that where your spirit is, there is freedom, there is liberty, but there's also order. And I thank you now, Father, that you are lining things up spiritually, administratively, relationally, emotionally financially, God, I thank you now that this house is a house of strength. It's a house of joy. It's a house of love. It's a house of happiness and celebration. Lord, I thank you for the commitments of these incredible families, these men and women. Lord, I thank you that today is going to be a day, Lord, that can be marked where the foundation of next was set. Lord, I thank you that this is fundamental, Father, for where you're taking us. And so now, Lord, we commit to you to honor you by honoring our pastors, God. In every way that you ask us to, our commitment is to honor you as we honor our pastors. So we'll pray for them. We'll encourage them. We'll show them love. Lord, I thank you that we're not just going to bring criticism and problems. We're going to bring solutions. I thank you, Father, that as we do that, creative ideas, creative perspectives, responsibilities. Lord, I thank you that anointing is going to break out over all of these incredible men and women. And Lord, I thank you that the miracles that are needed are already in the house, God. I thank you that you've already supplied. I thank you that you've already given. And I thank you that they're being discovered. They're emerging. Lord, I thank you that they are absolutely obvious, evident, and available now, Father. So now, Father, we declare, Lord, that your hand is on this church. Sacramento will be marked because of this church. The south side will be marked because of this church. And every part of this region will be marked because of this church, Father. We honor you. We glorify you. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Now we're going to praise your name for a few seconds. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Like, he's putting new wind in your sails. Come on. Like, just that he's... Lord, I thank you that you're restoring the right spirit. Lord, that you're creating a clean heart in us, God. That you're restoring the joy of our salvation. That you're restoring the joy of serving you, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're stirring enthusiasm again. Excitement again, Father. That these bones shall live, God. That with you, it's never over. It's never done, God. Lord, I thank you. Isaiah 41 says that my God, our God, will be with us and will not leave us until we have completed the thing that he's called us for. So I thank you, Lord. Today, we acknowledge again that you've called us, you've purposed us, you've placed us, you've anointed us. Lord, you've assigned us here. We choose to be rooted and planted. And as we are rooted and planted, according to Psalm 92, 13, we will flourish in the house of God. I thank you that these families are flourishing, are bearing fruit, that every need is provided for. Come on, receive that. Raise your hands towards heaven. I'm just kind of in the stream right now. Lord, I thank you that as they build your house, that's the promise. As they build your house, you will build their house too. Father, as they do everything they can, I declare over them, Lord, that you're doing what only you can do, Father. I thank you for a season of above and beyond, exceedingly and abundantly, Lord. I thank you for unexpected provision, expected surprises. I thank you for unlikely leaders, for extraordinary moves of God. Lord, I thank you, Father, that your hand is so obvious. Miracles, signs, wonders, a new word, Lord, a fresh anointing, God. Thank you that you breathe on everything we do, God, and everything we set our hand to do. Everything we set our hand to do will prosper. Keep your eyes closed, your heart open. The Holy Spirit is just doing a work in your heart right now. Lord, everything we set our hand to do will prosper. Everything we set our hands to. Satan, you better know that you're about to catch these hands. We're about to put our hands on this. We will put our hands to the plow. We will not look back. Thank you, Jesus. Mm.
Galatians 6, 9 says, and I promise you I'm going to preach. I won't preach long, but I just had to get this out. Keep your eyes closed. I'm just prophesying over you a little bit and declaring the word. Galatians 6, 9 says, do not be weary in doing the right thing. For in due season, you'll reap a harvest if you don't faint. Here's some elements. Just receive the word. Number one, you're in the right place. This is the right season. There's a timing to this. And it's, gonna co- it's, it's going to cost sweat and tears. My pastor, our pastor, Pastor Charles, was preaching that this morning. And so that statement is heavy in my spirit. There is a season. There's a rhythm of sweat and tears. And the statement was that where there's sweat and tears, it requires guts and grit. Hear me. But it's a season. For in due season, it will shift, and then you'll reap. Hear me. Hear me. However, we won't have the patterns, the capacity, the endurance, the stamina, the muscle memory of what it requires to reap because reaping is heavier than sowing. And you need to understand, thank you, Holy Ghost, that the degree of the sowing season is correlated to the degree of the reaping season. So when the sowing season is heavy, that says something about the weight that is coming in the reaping season. Hear me. Hear me. And so here's the confidence. The promise is not that you won't get weary. The promise is that it won't be weary always. Hear me. Right time, right season. We need guts and grit right now. Watch. But there's a due season coming. There's a time where it will shift. And there is a reaping, a harvest, hear me, that is to be had as a church, as a family, as a church, in your business. As a church, there is a harvest that is coming. So thank you, Jesus, for the due season. Hear me. But then Paul says, and you'll reap it if you don't faint. Hear me. That word faint doesn't mean pass out because you're exhausted. That word faint means you'll, here's what Paul is saying. Everything that the due season has in hold for you, you'll receive it if you don't become a coward. And so Paul is writing to a church who's tired, to a church who feels persecuted, to a church who feels left out. I'm not saying that about our church. I'm saying that about the Galatian church. But he said, listen, this is not the time for us to become cowards. This is the time for us to say, no, we're going to hold on to this. We're going to believe for the due season. And we're going to do what is right. And Jesus said this in Matthew 5. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Amen. And so I believe this. There is no cowardly spirits in this church. And so in Jesus' name, I come against every fear, every doubt. Lord, I come against naysaying. Father, I come against backbiting. Father, I come against disgruntled spirits, God. There is no place for that in this house, God. There's too much at stake, God. There's too much in the balance, Lord. There's too much that we were called to do. There's too much that we were called to be, Father. And so, Lord, we call now that you make us bold as lions, Lord. The wicked ones flee, but we are bold as lions. The righteous are as bold as lions. So I thank you, Father, for a courageous spirit. I got one more thing, and then I'm going to preach for about 17 minutes. Because, actually, Pastor said I could preach till 3 o'clock. So, like, here we go, man. Like, it's all good. I'm teasing. People are here for the first time. They're like, dude, what time can I leave? (laughs) Hear me. Here we go. Ready? Watch. So, I don't cower. I'm bold. Right? Proverbs says this, that the wicked flee. Okay? Now, when when, when it talks about being wicked, it's not saying people who have an evil heart. That's not what the word wicked means in that context. Here's what the word wicked means in that context. The word wicked means having an opinionated spirit. That leads to disobedience. And so eventually the opinionated spirit that's not submitted is going to flee. I'm out, man. This is stupid. 
God is in this. The wicked flee. The opinionated spirit will flee. The word flee means to run with fear. To run away afraid. And that's the enemy's prerogative. To get us to question, to doubt, and to eventually abdicate the position that God already established. But the the Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions. Hear me. The last time I checked, a lion doesn't apologize during the hunt. It doesn't give explanations. It doesn't hope you're okay with what it's about to do to the gazelle. It doesn't ask for your approval. And the last time I checked, our God, his name is Jesus, is referred to as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And there's something he's doing in this pride. Oh, that could go a whole other way too, right? Like, there's something that he's doing in this pride. Hear me. We're not going to apologize for what he told us to hunt. We're not going to apologize for what he told us to pursue. We're not going to apologize for what he said belongs to us. Okay? So listen, this is for the righteous, man. This is for the right. This is for the bold. This is for people who are like, man, like, I'm I'm not going to apologize. And listen, some of us may not have the stomach for it. But I believe that you have a lion spirit and you can, you can go for the jugular, man. And so can I pray a boldness over you? Raise your hands towards heaven. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray a spirit of boldness over this church. A spirit of boldness now. Father, in a few minutes, I'm going I'm to talk about what boldness is. And so I want them to hear, I want them to hear, Lord, your word with their spirit. And, Lord, in a few minutes, we're going to have some bold responses. But I thank you, Lord, that you're unleashing boldness. Not recklessness, not disorderliness, Lord, but boldness. A boldness that is righteous, that is aligned with you, with your voice, with your calling. And I thank you that we are not wicked, Lord. I'm going to take a moment, Lord. I feel you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for righteousness. Righteousness comes from faith in Jesus. Wickedness comes from faith in my opinion. Today, Lord, I declare that I'm righteous because my faith is in you. Lord, I commit. I commit every aspect of my heart. Lord, I thank you. And I pray this prayer over our church today. The way David prayed in Psalm 139. Search my heart, O oh God. Right now, Lord, Lord, thank you for repentance and conviction right now. Father, we pray and we put our hearts before you, our emotions, our intellect, our reasoning, our logic, and our decision-making. How I feel, what I think, and what I decide to do, I put my heart before you. Search my heart, oh God, right now, Lord. We're just going to give you space to do this, God. This is just a little bit of an extraordinary Sunday, Lord, but we're going to give you space to do this for every aspect of my life. Search my heart, oh God, right now. Search my heart, oh God, right now. Right now, search my heart, oh God, and find every wicked way in me. That's what the psalmist said. Every place that I have an opinion that could lead me to disobedience and destruction, that could lead me to flee, And to give up and surrender before my time. Lord, right now I place my heart before you. Father, search my heart, oh God. Every place I've had an opinion that's been outside of your voice, outside of your character, outside of your personality. Lord, I don't, we don't feel, this moment is not about feeling guilty or ashamed. But it is about being confronted. Lord, I thank you that you confront us to lovingly correct us so that we can be set on the path that is everlasting. See, that's what David said. Search my heart, O God, and lead me. Lord, I don't want to be led by my opinions anymore. I want to be led by your voice. Lord, okay, your eyes are still closed, man. The Lord is just doing a work right now. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. For a lot of us, we've been praying and we've been asking God to give us peace over our opinions. And he cannot bless what is out of order. He cannot bless what he is not called life. 
He cannot bless it. Hear me. And the prayer is not, search my heart, O God, find every wicked way in me, and give me peace. The prayer is, everything that is not of you, God, reveal it to me, and you lead me. And so, Father, there's some of us in this church this morning who have been restless, who have been unsettled, because we've been looking for peace, but the peace can't exist in the wrong places. And so, Father, I pray now that rather than us wanting your peace, Lord, I pray that our hearts are submitted to you. And we say, Lord, order my steps. Lead me. I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to trust you. And right now, the Holy Spirit is ministering to every, like, literally every single one of you. Right now, like, husbands and wives, you, like, I, I, can I just call you to put your arm around your spouse? Because he's, like, there's been, there was a corporate move. Thank you for that statement, Pastor. There's a corporate anointing, but now there's, like, an, an individual, because that's how it works. It trickles down from the head, the beard, and down into the hem of the garments, into the people, right? So now, there are some things in your family. There's some things in your home. There's some things in that we got, we got, to, get the, we got to get the wickedness out. And that's just the opinions, man, the opinions. You know, opinions sound like this, man. I don't see nothing wrong with that. I, will, I feel like, no, no, no. What do you believe? And what are you saying yes to Jesus? So, Father, now. Now. Thank you for your conviction, Lord. Thank you for your loving correction. Thank you for your loving correction now, Lord. And we submit and we place our lives before you. And we say, lead us, Jesus. Order our steps. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Ordered of God. Ordered. And there's just a wave of conviction coming through the room right now. It's okay. It's okay. That's just your spirit responding to his voice. It's okay. It's okay. We honor you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. 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 You're so faithful. You're so faithful. So what I love about our Loving Father is that he doesn't just check us, but he cares. He comforts. He counsels. And so we're just going to wrap up this time with a prayer of healing. A prayer of covering. See, that's the beauty of being convicted and or being submitted to Jesus. When I'm submitted and surrendered to him, he covers me. He cares. He's a shield. That's what Psalms 3 says. For you, O Lord, are a shield about me. You're my glory, my honor, and the lifter of my head. But for the shield to work, i got to stand behind it. Watch. Oh, man, the Lord is just. And the shield that you need is, according to Ephesians, is the shield of faith. And faith is just simply I believe and then I behave. I believe and then I behave correspondingly. And so today I'm going to encourage every single one of us to stand behind the shield of faith today. We were trying to move forward with some sort of instrument of opinion or our own intelligence. And I get it and I love it and I love that you're that smart. But the scripture said it's not by strength nor by might, but by the spirit, but my spirit says the Lord. 2 Corinthians 4 says, and now we have the spirit of faith. So if we're going to overcome, it's going to be by the spirit of faith. And I get to stand behind my shield of faith. My believing. 
and committing to corresponding behavior according to what I believe. And so the psalmist says in Psalm 3, he says, and so you, O Lord, are a shield about me. And as you become the shield about me, glory and honor returns. And our head is lifted. So we're going to pray that over us right now. First of all, it begins with statements and stances of faith. So as a church family, as a family family, we're going to take a bold stand of faith. Can we do that today? Come on, let's pray hands towards heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you are calling us to faith, to respond to you in faith, Father. And this is what faith is. Faith is believing and speaking or corresponding behavior. So today, Lord, we choose to believe you. We choose to trust you. We choose to have our confidence in you and you alone, Father. And so now, in the name of Jesus, I release a spirit of faith or the spirit of faith now, Lord. I release, Father, a covering, Lord. I release your shield about every man, woman, and child of Elevate Life Church, Lord. I thank you now, Father. Father, that as we choose to believe you and choose to behave like we believe, Lord, I thank you that your shield is about us, Lord, and as your shield is about us, Lord, I thank you that glory, glory returns to our homes, to our hearts, to our minds, to our spirits, to our families, Lord, I thank you that your glory goes before us and prepares the way, Father, I thank you that your glory, your goodness, your mercy, your grace, Father, goes before us and prepares a way opens doors, gives favor, answers prayers, clears the path. Lord, I thank you that it negotiates relationships, it negotiates business deals, it negotiates, Lord, any kind of dealing for our favor, Lord. I thank you that by faith, Lord, we are walking in your glory, Father. And now, Father, I thank you that by faith, honor returns, God. Honor returns into our hearts where we place you you, we place you as the first priority and the final authority. The first priority and the final authority, God. Your voice and your voice alone. I'm not going to wear the crown of opinion on my head, Lord. I'm going to lay it at your feet. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Lord, I thank you that there's a lifting of our heads this morning. You are the lifter of our head. Lord, I thank you that the psalmist also said, I will lift up mine eyes from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. And so, Lord, I thank you now, Lord, that our heads are not hung low anymore. Lord, we, by your spirit, by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, we declare the breaking of chains of bondage. Lord, I declare the falling away of weight and shame and fear. Lord, I declare now, Lord, that our head is lifted, God. Be lifted, O ye gates, and be lifted, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord God, mighty in battle. The Lord God, the God of heavenly hosts. Lord, we lift our eyes to you, Jesus. We lift our eyes to you. Our head will not be hung down in fear. Our head will not be hung down in disappointment. Our head will not be hung down because we're trying to have a logical, realistic approach. Father, I declare, Lord, that the thing that we're fighting, the thing that we're working right now is not a logical one. It's not a political one. It's not a financial one. What we're doing is we're fighting by faith, God, not by... Lord, Lord, it's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, strongholds, powers. Lord, and I thank you that our weapon is powerful and mighty to the pulling down of those strongholds. And so now, Father, I thank you that we raise our head. We lift our eyes. Lord, and I thank you that we don't see the vantage in front of us anymore. Lord, we do not look through eyes that are human, natural, but we look through eyes of faith. And so our head looks up. Would you just close your eyes and would you just raise your head? Yeah. Lord, I thank you that we're not powered by vantage. We don't walk by what's in front of us, but we walk by what is ahead for us. 
Lord, and as we, as you lift our head, our, it's not just our vision that changes, God. It's not just our view that changes, but that our ears are tilted as well. Our listening changes. Lord, and I thank you that I hear the proverb say, incline your ear, my son, to my words, for they are life to you. It's medicine to your bones and life to your body. And so I thank you, Lord, that as our heads are lifted, our ears are inclined to you. Lord, and I thank you that man does not live by bread alone, but that bread that represents human effort and human striving, human capacity, human ability. But we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. And so now we declare that we have ears to hear. Speak to us, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I made you stand up the whole sermon. I'm sorry. Can we just, can, can, can I just share the punchline of the sermon with you? Is that okay? Yeah? Okay. And then, look, sit down. Sit down. Because it's 1140. I told Pastor Tina I'd be done by 1135. I already, I already lied in church. I want you to write one word down. I had a whole other sermon, but now I get to preach it when I come back. So here we go. Wow. God just did something, huh? Man, I'm so excited for, I'm so excited for us. What a, what, what a move of God. Have. Look, I mean, like, look around. On Memorial Weekend, Memorial Day weekend, the church is full. Come on, man. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus for that. Amen. I want you to write one word, one word. I want you to write the word bold down. I want you to write the word bold down. Bold. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6 starts off and hear me. The the writer, I'm, I'm opening the sermon like I'm going to preach it for like 40 minutes. Right? Like I'm not. I'm going to be done like in four, like I'm, I'm, my goal is 1145 and then we're going to be praying for corporate boldness. And then we're just going to have some bold responses and Jesus is going to just wrap this up. Okay, cool. All right, bold, bold, bold. Hebrews 13, 5 says, don't obsess over material things. Be relaxed with what you have. This is the message version. Don't obsess over material things. Be relaxed with what you have. See, the, 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 the reason we have peace is because what we, what we get and what the Lord has provided for us is not a created thing. It's not a material thing. See, my life and my calling and my purpose and my destiny is too big to be satisfied by a created thing. You'll get that later. I'm too complicated. I'm too complex. I'm too wonderfully and fearfully made to be satisfied by a created thing. So the solution to the, to the frustration and the restlessness, the anxiety, the fear, all of that, the solution to that is not a thing. It's not a position. It's not a place. It's not a title. It's not like, man, I finally got there. There is no such thing as a there. Because when you get there, it's still not going to be enough because you're an eternal thing. And the only thing that can satisfy you is an eternal thing. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes that he's placed the capacity for eternity in the hearts of men. So there are things in you and I that can only be filled by something eternal. So he says, chill, man, be relaxed with what you have. That word relax simply means be content. Now, we don't like contentment because for some of us or for some reason, culture says when, when you think of contentment, it's like sit down and shut up and just be happy with what you got. But that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what the writer's talking about. See, the writer's creating this premise of boldness, which references back to Proverbs, where he says the righteous are as bold as lions. So that thought of contentment, I want you to think of a lion pride who just had a successful kill, and they're, like, satisfied. Like, tomorrow after you eat the, like, the carne asada, nobody in the room has a revelation of carne asada. I, we didn't get invited, invited to no cookouts. Dang, that's messed up. I would have stayed, too. Watch, 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 watch. That moment, right, after a satisfying meal, watch. Contentment. This is good for right now, but I'm going to eat again. So 
the, writing, the writer is saying, look, live with that, that settling and that peace. This is good for today, but there's more. There's good for to, this is good for today. There's more. Watch. And he says, like, so in that, com- that contentment, I want you to know this. If you're following along, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, message version. Be content with what you have. Relax. Easy. Put some perm in it. Relax. Shout out to Jerry Curls and relaxers and all of that. Puts, that's a Bruno Mars reference in case you didn't get it. Put some perm up in your attitude. You got to relax. Hear me. Okay. Watch. Be content with what you got. Because God told us, I'll never, he gets his Rick Astley on, I'll never leave you, I'm never going to walk out, I'm never going to give you up, I'm never going to let you down, I'm not going to walk off and desert you. You thought, you thought like that was an 80s hit, right? Like, no, like, G- Jesus said that. Let's get him some royalties. That'll preach. Okay. Watch. Watch. Watch, watch. And he says, because you're sure of this that Jesus hasn't left you, you can boldly quote. You can boldly quote. You and I are supposed to live with bold statements in our life. We're supposed to live with bold statements in our lives. Our everyday living, every step I take, every move I make, shout out Sting, right? Like, <laughs> y'all are getting it, right? Like, there's like some 19-year-olds in the room like, I have no idea. I thought that was puffy, right? Like, no. Watch, 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 watch. I can boldly quote, my life is supposed to be a series of bold statements. I can boldly quote. So right next to that word boldly, I want you to write this definition. You ready? Watch. Right next to boldly, here's a definition. Ready? Okay. First definition. A confidence that seems arrogant or even rude. A confidence that seems arrogant or even rude. If you've ever made a bold statement in your life, you've probably heard this. Who do you think you are? It's not about who I think I am. It's about who I know I am. It's not about who I think I am. It's about who I know I am. So confidence that seems arrogant or even rude. Boldness. Bold statements. The word boldness also means this. A disregard for social norms and social appropriateness. Man, I wish I had time to teach it like I want to, but it's okay. It's okay. Maybe we'll podcast it and you'll have to go listen to it on the app. Shout out. Rob, we're going to do some work today? He's nodding his head. All right. We're going to capture this. Watch. So then if I'm supposed to live with bold statements in my life, if my life is supposed to boldly quote things, if my life is supposed to be a representation of someone who does not conform to social norm nor social appropriateness, if I'm supposed to live with a life that is confident to the point where people think I'm arrogant or rude, okay, so how am I supposed to make bold statements in my life? What are the bold quotes I'm supposed to Speak with my life, right? Watch. A fearful quote will ask questions like this. I, maybe they'll come with me next time, um, my, my little ones, six and four. We go to Disneyland every December, and it's like I don't keep my word to them. Like, I haven't done it the last three years. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, like, it's like every time, like, we're going to do it, like, every time we're going to leave, it's like they act brand new. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a good father who hasn't done it before. And so it's like the last two years, we went to Disneyland in December. You know this. And so we're going again, right? This is, like, last December. We're going again, but they start asking, hey, bro, like, are we going? <laughs> right? And even when we get on the plane, even when we've taken off, they'll look at me and ask the question, hey, bro, are we there yet? <laughs> and it's funny, right? Because we'll ask questions like that. 
even after all the, the circumstantial signs are there. We already bought the admission to the park. We already packed the suitcases. We already booked the hotel. We bought the airfare. I just checked us in, dude. Like, I have boarding passes. And you're still going to ask me for, are we there yet? All the circumstantial signs along the way isn't enough for you to sit back and just trust me on the ride? But it's because we want measurables. We want metrics. We want signs. We want to be able to say, yep, there it is. I'm sure. Yep, there it is. I'm sure. Yep. But it wouldn't be a walk of faith if I had certainty. Because the opposite of, of faith is not doubt. It's certainty. Because I'm not required to believe when I'm certain. And so bold lists statements ask questions like, are we there yet? Because we measure it like I trust God about where he's taken me and where he's taken us. But I'm not sure about my current situation. Because culture celebrates the arrival and maybe even like the departure, but never the process. Right? Like, like this weekend, there's a bunch of high school graduations. Like we drove by one, right? Like was it Florin High School? Like, is that where you go to school? Serge, where do you go to school? Where? Ma- wait, what? what? <laughs> Machaca? <laughs> I, I heard Ap- Apache and Machaca. McClatchy. Okay, well, wherever little Serge goes, goes to school, right? Watch, watch, watch. And so we, social media is full of, Mama, we made it. Mama, we made it. Yo, we're there. But I don't ever see the selfie that says, I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm tired of holding on. I'm disillusioned and depressed and, right? When do we get to throw that party and buy that cake? But the scripture teaches us to boldly quote where we're at. And there's three bold statements that I want you to make in your life. And I'm going to share them with you and I'm done. Is this okay? Okay. Number one, Hebrews 13, chapter, chapter 13, verse 6. First bold statement. God is there, comma, ready to help. God is there, ready to help. God is there. Watch. I know I'm frustrated here, and I know I feel stuck here, and I know it sucks here, and I know I hurt here, and I know it's not enough here, and I know I'm worried here, but I have to believe that my God is not incapacitated by my here, that my God is not obstructed by here, that God is not limited to here because our God is not a linear God. He's an eternal God. He's not, he's not held by the boundaries of the space-time continuum and physical law. On the contrary, he created it, and he's above it because that space-time continuum is a created thing, but he's the creator. And so regardless of the time, like physical time right now, like laws of physics, I'm sorry, I'm geeking out. I'm, my former life, I was an engineer, so like I'm just, let me geek out for a second. Is that okay? Right? And so regardless of all of that, he stands out outside of time, right? And so our God is there, ready to help. That's a shout out to God's omni, right? Because you and I live here and now, and we're limited by, by the vantage of our experience, right? But God is completely powerful in his omni. God is omniscient. Did you know that? He has all knowledge of all things at all time, right? So like... Your here didn't surprise him. Your here didn't freak him out. He's not in heaven sitting with, like, the other two, the Holy Spirit and the Son. The other two, that's funny, right? Like, and, like, yo, what are we going to do? Do you, like, they, like, how did they end up here? Like, what, what, right? Like, no. He's like, okay, okay, cool. Like, do you remember, like, when, like, did you, did you ever watch The Avengers? Right? And you remember that moment where, like, Dr. Strange was, like, doing that weird thing? Like, he had the Holy Ghost? Like, like, right? <laughs> and he came back, and he was like, okay, cool. Like, I, I know how everything turns out. You know that God knows 
all things. He knows every sin. I'm, I'm not going to turn this into like an apologetics on like the sovereignty of God, but like what I'm going to turn this into is like God knows. And he's not surprised by here. And he's not limited by here, right? Because not only is he omniscient, watch this, watch, 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 but he's omnipresent. That he's everywhere at all times. This is why, although I'm here, I can thank him that he's there. God, that blesses me. That blesses me because although I don't have confidence about here and I, there's unknown here and I'm stuck here and I'm wondering about here and I'm ignorant about here and I'm uncomfortable here, like watch this, watch, watch, watch. The one I trust is already there. Watch. But not, not only is he there, the Bible says he's also omnipotent. He has all power at all times. So he can help me here while he's in my there. This is why there's such conundrums and paradoxes, and dilemmas in our here. Because he'll ask you to do things here that make no sense. But listen, he's not expecting you to stay here. He's expecting you to get there, right? Because I'm confident of this one thing, Philippians 1.6, that the one who began a good work in me will continue to perfect it, to bring it to completion until the day of Christ. So what he began, he's calling it to completion. And not only is he calling it to completion, he's calling it good, right? And Because a lot of us will look at here and we'll think we're not good, we're bad, we're broken, whatever, but it's just because God's not done and my time hasn't caught up with what he already finished. Right? And so if I'm looking at my life now, I'm like, man, I'm such a scrub. Man, I'm so incomplete. Man, I'm such a buster. Man, I'm such a loser. Right? Then I would call God like a weakling, a scrub, a buster, and a loser during the Genesis week because he didn't finish it all in one moment. The Bible says on day one, God created the heavens of the earth. The day two, he calls light. Day three, he separates the firmament. But then he's, look, at the end when he starts evaluating, check it. I'm so glad God doesn't evaluate our lives the way I evaluate my life because I look at my life right now. I'm like, dude, you suck. You're about to be 40 and you haven't done anything with your life. This is very therapeutic for me. Thank you for that. Uh, but like, watch, 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 right? Like, but God doesn't measure the way I measure. God will look at day three and say, man, there's light there, but he doesn't create the sun, moon, and stars until day five or something like that. Watch. And even when there's no evidence as to why my light is shining, God looks at my life shining, even when there's stuff in my life that shouldn't be shining, but God sees light in my life, and he looks at it, and he says, that's good. And I'm so grateful that even when I call my current situation not good, he calls it good. God is there ready to help. And maybe the reason it doesn't make sense here is because he's giving you context and preparation for you're there. And what if, what if I just trust him? Watch. What if I have a disregard for social norm? Social norm says, no, you got to hold on to everything you got. Hold on. Don't let it go, man, because, like, you, never, you don't know. You don't know. But then God's like, no, I need you to be generous. I need you to be generous. That's a disregard for social norm. Right? Because he's saying, look, because I'm, where I'm taking you, I'm giving you a lot. But watch. Proverbs eleven twenty four says that the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger. I want you to have a big, big world. And I'm telling you, respond to me here because I know what there is supposed to look like. And I'm trying to get you to build there here. So start doing it here even when it doesn't make sense. Even when, like, it's completely not normal. But I'm going to be bold, man. I'm going to have a bold statement in my life. Does that make sense to you? Yeah? All right. Number two, God is there ready to help. Ready, right? Let's say that together. God is there ready to help. He's ready to help. He's able to help. Amen? That's a bold statement. Bold statement number two. I'm fearless no matter what. I'm fearless no matter what. Eddie, can you come make me sound spiritual on the keys? Do like some pads or something, yeah? Okay, cool. And use like diminished sevenths. You know, diminished, you, know, yeah, you know diminished Yeah, make him sound like. That's okay. I know a little bit. Okay. Here we go. Watch. Ready? Look. I'm fearless no matter what. So obviously the, the statement you can take it at face value, right? The absence of fear, right? But look, the boldness that God has called us to live is not just the absence of fear. It's the fact that fear does not have control of my life. Right? Watch. The word fearless here means fear will not exert its influence on me. 
Fear will not exert its influence on me. No matter what happens, I will not respond to the influence of fear. I love this because I was, I was watching our pastor this morning, and he stole my thunder, right? Because uh, he preached this, this little piece to our church. I can show you my notes. So, like, okay, you can, le- you can legit check me. You can fact check me after church, right? But what? But there's something in the spirit, man. You know our churches are related, right? And so there's something in the spirit. Hear me. When the writer is saying, be fearless no matter what, there's a story in the Old Testament about people who were confronted with a whole new frontier, a whole new place that God called them to live, to exist, and to build. And the scripture says this, that because of the stories of 10 men who came back and said, yo, that's scary. We could never do that. They're like giants. Yo, like, let's just stay over here We're in, in places that we know. Let's just stay small. The Bible says that 10 men turned the hearts of a nation and made them fearful. That word fearful literally means made their hearts like water. Made your heart like water. Watch this. Here's why this is important. Water will always conform to the space that it's in. So when we're saying I'm going to be fearless, that means I'm not going to get comfortable in the space I'm in right now. I'm not going to take this as, oh, I'm supposed to be here, and then I'm going to conform. No, instead of that, I'm going to believe God. See, that's where the boldness that seems arrogant and even rude comes in. Because some of us live in a world right now where the, everyone around you is saying, look, just fit in, okay? Just conform. Just be, why can't you be like the rest of us? And they can't understand your boldness. But it doesn't matter because you're not like them. You're a different nature, and you don't need their approval. You don't need their okay, their validation. If God said it, I believe it, that settles it. So if my response of boldness makes you feel like I'm arrogant, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. If it's rude to you, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Because I'm not going to be fearful. I'm going to be fearless. I'm not going to conform to my current situation. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, by the word of God, and I'm going to be born into new spaces. Right? Hear me. Number two, water always seeks the path of least resistance. Does that make sense? Water is going to find the path of least resistance. And so bold statements in our lives literally say this. I'm not going to go the easy way anymore. I'm not going to go the easy way anymore. I'm not going to go the easy way. I'm going to do the thing God called me to do. If it's hard, if it's difficult, if it seems impossible, I'm going to do the thing God called me to do. Amen? Stand to our feet. Thank you for giving me your time today. I'm going to pray one more prayer. You glad you came to church today? Wow, huh? Amen. The last statement. God is there, ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. Who or what can get to me, right? That literally can be summed up in this statement. I'm not going to do it man's way. I'm going to do it God's way. And I love this. We say this at our church all the time. If I want God's results, I've got to do it God's way. And sometimes God's way is going to seem arrogant, rude, inappropriate. But hey, listen, I'm not called to fit in here. I'm called to get where God has called me. Amen. So let's raise our hands towards heaven. I'm going to pray this prayer of boldness over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what you've done today. Lord, I thank you for this move that you've just placed over our church today, Lord. And I just pray a bold spirit, a bold spirit that makes bold statements, God. Lord, I thank you that our lives will declare that our God is faithful and our God is not limited by our current situation, Lord, but you are the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord. And so as we run our race, we look to you who has already finished the race, God. And so as we're running, Lord, and we've got some laps to do, we're not going to fall back. We're not going to give up. We're not going to get discouraged, but we're going to run with confident endurance, looking to Jesus who has already finished the race and looking to you that is cheering us on from the end, God. God, telling us you can do it, you can make it, I've called you, I've purposed you. Lord, thank you for boldness in our hearts that says we're fearless. Lord, I thank you that we do not conform, but we elevate. Come on. We do not conform, we elevate. 
and we don't seek the easy way out, God. Because things that are established by heaven are not done easily, Lord, but they're done by faith. And so I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for a special anointing on this house, for the heavy lifting you've called us to do. Thank you, Lord, that when we respond, we don't look through eyes of frustration or fear or doubt. We look at him through eyes of boldness. And that our lives declare and proclaim bold statements. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.